Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee served the Lord for more than seven decades, and these life studies represent his contribution to the ever-expanding understanding of the revelation of the Bible. The purpose of these life studies is to present the truths contained in the scriptures and to minister the genuine life supply, to solve the common and hard problems found in the Bible and to open up every book of the Bible through interpretation. We're very happy to bring you selected portions from his speaking today. If you'd like to learn more about the Life Studies, please visit our website at lifestudy.com. Simply lifestudy.com. Now, here's today's program. Prayer is a popular subject among all the people of all faiths on the earth today. But what kind of prayer is God looking for? Today we are continuing the life study from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, chapters 7 and 8, where we see the building of the temple and specifically the matter of worship to God and prayer. This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde, and Bill Lawson has joined me. Bill, welcome to the program. I'm glad you could be here with me today. It's good to join you in this particular uh, broadcast. Bill, this particular life study program was spoken by Witness Lee on July 1st, 1994, less than three years before he went to be with the Lord on June 9th, 1997. I was personally in that meeting and had the benefit of hearing Witness Lee pray at the beginning of this meeting and many of the other life study meetings, and I'd like to read his prayer to give our listeners the feeling that we entered into. Lord, do help us to see that in this universe there are two realms— the physical realm, and the spiritual realm. Thank you that we were born in the old realm, but we have been regenerated and transferred into the new realm. Now, here we are. We need your help. We need your help too much. Every day, every moment, we need your help that we may walk, live, and have our being, not in the old realm, but in the new Lord, grant us such a view, a clear vision of this, that we may enter into your wisdom to know all the things in the new realm, in Christ, as your children living on this earth. Give us your word, utterances, and expression for the present message. Amen. Bill, before we go to the life study today, would you like to make any introductory comment about this. It's quite good, uh, Matt, you're talking here about uh, Brother Lee's introductory prayer before he spoke these marvelous messages. I first came under Brother Lee's ministry in the end of 1969, and from what I can remember all the way back, all the way till his death in uh, June of 1997, he was very, very open to the Lord as far as even his prayers. And especially in the last probably five to ten years of his ministry, he would utter these marvelous prayers before he spoke to give the weight and the utterance and the ground for the Lord to really speak. 
he was always this way. He was, it was quite a pattern. I know, I think for all of us, we can say this, this touched us very much. He was not a person trusting in his natural eloquence, his ability to expound the Word of God, but he was trusting all the time, minute by minute, in the Lord's speaking, that he would not just touch the black and white Scripture, but he would enter into the depths of the Word, or later on he said, into the intrinsic significance of God's Word to get beyond the black and white and get into the real heart of what God was trying to say. So this is a real pattern to us, that even before we speak, that we could also open with a word of prayer, praying that the Lord would bless and anoint and richly bring us into the reality of what uh, we would speak. Well, today's program is a special program specifically about prayer, and it's good to have a pattern. Well, let's... uh Let's go on to the message. Bill, I mentioned earlier that Witness Lee was quite old when he spoke this message. He was almost 90 years old. So we'd like to ask the listeners for their patience. As we go to Witness Lee, his voice is a little bit weaker than normal and maybe than they're used to. And uh, so let's go to today's program. It's worth the patience that we're asking from our listeners. Solomon's policies were built in association with God doily. This is very, very interesting. How could he build his palaces in association with God's dwelling? Listen, build with the same materials as those for the temple, indicating that his palaces were on the same rank as God's dwelling. God's dwelling was for God to be worshipped by his people. His policies were for him to administrate his government over the people. Actually, his government is the very governmental administration of God over the people. This indicates that God's government over his people should go along with his worship by his people. In typology, the king's palaces and God's temple were separate. Whereas in the New Testament reality, these two are one building. That's the way the New Testament believers are on one hand, God prays to serve, to worship God, and on the other hand, God's kings reign for him. Amen. The worshiping ones are the ruling ones. The ruling ones are the worshiping ones. In reality, it is one. In typology, it was two. Build the church today is the reality of the picture of the temple built by Solomon here in the Book of Kings. In the picture, there were two aspects. The governmental aspect, covered by King Solomon administrating the kingdom from his palaces, and also the worship of God in the temple by the priests. In the Old Testament, the priests and the kings were of two different classes, but in the New Testament church, God wants just one class, doesn't he? Really so. All the believers should be kings and priests. Right. This is a marvelous word here. 
uh, Matt, that Brother Lee talks about. I don't think—we just don't pick up those things when we read the Bible, especially the Old Testament. But you have those two kinds of people there. You have the king's palaces, and you have God's temple. So God needs an administration to administrate his people, yet he also needs a house, a temple built, the church, where he can be properly worshipped. In the Old Testament, like Brother Lee said, they are two separate entities— uh, but we know the entire Old Testament is typology. You know, if we read Exodus chapter 19, God's intention to bring his people into the good land was that every Israelite would be a king and a priest, a king to rule and a priest to serve God. But, you know, because of the golden calf incident, that was just restricted to a particular class of Levites. But when we come to the New Testament, right, we especially we look at the book of Revelation, that there in Revelation, all the believers are kings and priests. So in that sense, in the New Testament, every believer should be a king to rule for God and a priest to serve God. So you have the two joined. Uh, They're separate in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, reality of the picture, you have all believers as kings and priests. It's a big introduction to the program today, especially since I mentioned earlier we're going to talk about prayer, and the priests are the ones who have an obligation to pray. Mm -hmm. And in the Old Testament, it was the Levites, yet in the New Testament, we see every believer has this obligation to pray. And so let's go on to the next portion with Witness Lee and see more specifically the kind of prayer that the believers should have. Now we come to Solomon's prayer. Solomon prayed that God would execute his justice in favor of his people. When they would return to him with all their heart, with all their soul, and pray to him toward the land, the holy land, that he had given to their fathers and toward the city that he has chosen and the house, that means the temple, you have to know the holy land and the holy city, even and the holy temple. The three holy things all are types of Christ. Christ is our land, Christ is our city, kingdom, and Christ is our temple, God's dwelling place. So today, most of our prayers should be aimed at the Holy Land, at the Holy City, at the Holy Temple. That means should be aimed at the interest of God. You have to aim your prayer at Christ, at the church at God's interest. Daniel was praying for Israel to go back to the Father's land, but in his prayer he was aiming at God's interest, the Holy Land, the Holy City, and the Holy Temple. And the spiritual significance of God's interest is just Christ himself. We had to pray for brothers, co-workers, the serving ones, and so forth, but not aiming at them. On one hand, we are praying for them. But on the other hand, we are praying for them 
because of God's interest. If in your prayer you aim at the one for whom you pray, then this will bring in the enemy's attack. This is a spiritual strategy in the spiritual warfare. Aim your prayer at God's Christ, who is the good land, and God's Christ, who is the kingdom, and God's Christ, who is God dwelling. This all related to God's interest on this earth. Don't forget, prayer always involves three parties. Involves you, God, and Satan. You have to pray properly. This is why we have to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ means for the interest of God on this earth, which is just Christ as God's portion to us, as God's kingdom, as God's dwelling place. So our prayer is all together for God's interest to fulfill God's economy. Well, Bill, we talked about what kind of prayer does God want, and now we get right into the heart of our program to see specifically God wants a prayer for his interests, a prayer for the fulfillment of his economy. This is quite a practical word, isn't it? Really, so this word, Matt, is also not an easily understood word. Again, we could probably read First Kings chapter 8 for years and not see what is hidden deep here is that it's not just a matter, right, of our praying as a believer to pray for so many things, to pray even for our own welfare, for our going on, to pray for those who have problems, that the Lord would either give us something or pray that the Lord would do something for us. But the prayer here, uh, Matt, is much deeper than that. It is the real prayer of one like Solomon who has God's interests on this earth in view. And many times we have our own personal interests in view. We want something for ourselves. We want the Lord to do something for us, to help us, heal us, to get us something. But here you have the prayer which is directed to the Lord, but it's aimed at something else. So here you have the prayer toward the land, right? Solomon was very clear in verse 48. And not only for the land, but also for the city, and not only the city, but also for the temple. So Solomon prayed with these three strategic matters in view, praying for the land. And, of course, that land is very important because in the New Testament, the land there is really Christ as the all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. Christ is our real land in which we walk, right, in which we dwell, in which we can uh, uh, can gain Christ. And also, Christ is the city. Christ is God's kingdom. So when we 
pray for Christ, also for God's kingdom, and also for the matter of the Holy Temple, which is a type of the body of Christ, the church today, we are praying for God's complete economy. So when we pray, even when we pray for other things with these three matters in view, God can come in and do something right away because these three matters touch God's heart today. God's interest is Christ, right? How much Christ we gain. Also, it's God's kingdom on the earth. We have Satan running wild. So God God needs a kingdom to administrate, to deal with his enemy, and also God needs the church, right, his temple, the body of Christ today, and that church, according to Ephesians, is what will bring the Lord back and bring in God's kingdom. It was an interesting point, Bill, that Witness Lee brought out. He used the example of Daniel. When he was in the Babylonian captivity, he opened his windows toward Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and prayed for God's interests. Based on that principle, we should aim our prayer at God's land, Mm -hmm. God's economy, God's Mm -hmm. interest on the earth, and not aim our prayer at any people, Mm -hmm. not at any individual, because if we aim it at a person instead of God's economy, Mm -hmm. then we're going to bring uh, the attack of the enemy. That's a very interesting comment, isn't it? Right. This is not so easily known today. We don't realize that we just think in prayer there's only us and God, and we pray that God would do something for us, God would give us something, but we don't realize God's enemy is lurking right there, right? We may genuinely have a burden to pray for someone, maybe who is sick, praying for someone that they would be released from some particular situation, or even pray that that person uh, would... uh, be used by the Lord or pray for someone who is traveling or serving the Lord, and we aim our prayer at that person, we don't realize what we're doing. We are bringing Satan into that situation, and he has the ground now to directly attack us because we're aiming our prayer at that person, so he aims his attack on that person. So we need to realize, even though we pray for individuals, for their welfare, for their sake, for their progress, whatever, we don't aim our prayer at that individual. That's very, very key here because it's taken here from, like you say, Daniel's prayer in Daniel 6 and also Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8. Pray for that person for God's purpose. Right. For God's interest on the earth. Right. Not aiming at that person, but praying for that person right? But praying for that person that God's economy, Christ, the church, and God's kingdom will be involved with how we pray. Well, I really hope our listeners are getting enlightened by this. I'm getting some light and some inspiration. I hope it's making it through the radio waves and reaching the car drivers that are going down the highway right now listening to the program. Well, let's go on to our final segment today, uh, and uh, we'll be right back for a concluding word. In typology, there's the spiritual significance of Solomon and the temple he built for God. Solomon typifies Christ in speaking God's word of wisdom, in building the church and the temple of God, and the temple typifies Christ and the church as the unique building of God in the universe. These two, Christ and his body, the church, are the center, the reality, and the goal of God's eternal economy. Since Solomon and the temple built by him play the strongest roles in the history of Israel and occupy a wide realm in such a history, they are the strong evidence 
that the history of Israel concerns very much the fulfillment of God's eternal economy in the Old Testament in the way of topology. If our study of such a history is detached from the economy of God, our study will be a labor in vain. That Christ and the church are the centrality and universality of God's economy is universal in both the New Testament and the Old Testament. Bill, this is a big key to studying the Bible. Don't let it be detached from the economy of God. Can you close our program today with a little concluding word about this matter of God's economy and studying the history? Uh, Matt, usually when the believers study uh, church history, or especially the history of the Old Testament, there are classes in like Old Testament survey and so on, New Testament survey. And especially studying the Old Testament, it's so easy to get into the king's all the different kings and all the history of Genesis and uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David and Solomon and learn all about the stories and accounts. But if we don't have a general view of the intrinsic significance of what those histories are for, it's very easy just to get into theology and teachings, and we don't see God's desire is as we talked earlier, the whole purpose is with the land, the city, and the temple. That's the key. So in other words, we can study the Old Testament, but if we don't realize that the key to understand the whole history of the nation of Israel is the land of Israel. The land is very important because it really is a type of Christ. So when we talk about the city of Jerusalem, God's kingdom, when we talk about Solomon's temple, these are all types of the reality of Christ, the real land, Christ, the real kingdom, and Christ, the real dwelling place, the body of Christ in the New Testament. So when we study the Old Testament, we need to study it with the view of how can we see Christ here? How can we see the kingdom? How can we see the body of Christ typified in all the Old Testament types and figures? This, I think, Matt, will really, really help us to open up this whole 39 books of the Old Testament. In other words, we need to see the entire Old Testament from the point of view of God's eternal economy. And God's economy, or God's plan, is absolutely wrapped up with Christ. It's wrapped up with God's kingdom for his administration, and is fully wrapped up with the church, the body of Christ, for God's expression. Even Brother Lee, you know, gave some messages back in 1964, I think, in New York, and those are entitled, A General Sketch of the New Testament in the Light of Christ and the Church. And he went all the way through the 27 books of the New Testament, and he opened up every book from this particular view of Christ, right, the embodiment of God, and the church as the body of Christ to open up the New Testament. And in the same way, the Old Testament can be opened up when we take a look at it from the point of view of Christ the land, Christ the city, and Christ as God's temple for God's building. Well, anyone who's listened to the Life Study program for any amount of time has heard us talk about God's economy or the economy of God quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I think today's been a good example of it. I'm reminded of a verse for those who are new and may have not heard it is 1 Timothy 1, verses 3 and 4, where Paul told Timothy to warn certain ones not to teach differently 
than God's economy. So the economy of God is critical in God's view and God's purpose throughout the whole Bible. And uh, to have that view, to study the Old Testament is critical. Really so. It opens up the whole Bible. I know when I first began to realize this, the whole Bible became a new book to me. It was like 66 books that I'd never known before. Before uh, I came under the ministry of Brother Lee, it was just a book of doctrines and teachings and histories and prophecies and so on. But then when Brother Lee began to open up God's economy to us, wow, it became a brand new book, especially from the point of view of Christ as God's land, Christ as God's kingdom, and Christ as God's temple, the dwelling place of God on the earth today. We could talk more about this, Bill, but time won't allow us. We've run out of time. Thanks for joining me today. Very good. Thanks for being with us today, and we hope you'll join us again as we continue Life Study from the Book of Kings. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God. And the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29 and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.